0: there i'm leslie goodburn you're listening to the purple rainbow pancreatic cancer podcast in the podcast we look at pancreatic cancer across its impacts outcomes and future treatment and support we'll hear from patients loved ones about the reality of the diagnosis we'll hear from surgeons oncologists and nurses about the work they do to support people who are affected We'll hear about the wonderful work done by researchers to find a breakthrough in understanding and treatments for the future. We hope that as a result of the podcast, you'll learn more about the signs and symptoms, about how this diagnosis affects the family, about the hope for the future. Thank you for listening. Charlotte and I look forward to you joining us on our journey through pancreatic cancer throughout the 30 days of November with contributors from across the world. The Purple Rainbow podcasts are produced as part of Seth's legacy in memory of my wonderful, kind, curious, funny husband, Seth Woodburn.
1: Hello, welcome to today's episode. I'm Charlotte. And today I'm bringing you a conversation I had with Julia Biffy. She is a group leader at the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Institute, as well as co-directing the Pancreatic Cancer Programme at the Cancer Centre. And she's told me all about a new grant that she's got for part of her lab and also some of her frustrations about where research is at for Pancreatic Cancer Research
2: so I'm a group leader, so I uh, inspire and mentor a team of great people that works on uh, the pancreatic cancer tumor microenvironment. So we work on everything that is not cancer cells. So we work on the non-cancer cells that in pancreatic cancer, are the majority of the cells actually, up to 90% of the, uh, the mass of the tumor is non-cancer cells and non-cancerous components. So we are interested in the communication between these non-cancerous cells and the cancer cells. And there's evidence that these non-cancerous cells promote the growth of the tumor or help them escape therapies. Wow,
1: it sounds fascinating. And I think a lot of people might be surprised to hear about the, the, you know, how, just how much of that tumor isn't cancerous. I think that's a surprise to, 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 to lots of people. Is, is it a surprise to lots of people?
2: Yeah, it definitely. I mean, considering the pancreatic cancer is such a lethal cancer, that the majority of the tumour is not cancer cells but is not non-cancerous cells and so they play really important roles though in providing support for the cancer cells to grow and to uh, spread at secondary sites and uh, to generate metastasis that as we know is one of the main features of pancreatic cancer patients when they are diagnosed.
1: So what does a standard or typical day look like for you in your
2: work? Alright, so um, as a group leader, uh, I do little bench at the little science at the bench. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I meet with my students and with my postdocs. I guide them in their progress. I uh, talk with other researchers about their science. I um, uh, I do a lot of like grant writing when it's necessary luckily not necessary at this time. Um, we write manuscript to spread our research, research that my students and my postdoc performs. And um, I collaborate with a lot of people that are interested in pancreatic cancer but might not have the models that we have in the lab. And then as a co-director of the pancreatic cancer program, I'm involved in um, a bigger pictures. So I coordinate with other group leaders in Cambridge that are interested in working on this topic. Uh, we organise scientific meetings and business meetings, and we interact with patient representatives. We have a really good patient representative group here at the Cancer Centre.
1: You mentioned about grant writing, and you've received £4 million recently, haven't you, for for, for new for new research? Is that right?
2: Uh, well, yeah. My lab received about £1 million, uh, £4 million in Cambridge um, across... Uh, uh, three different laboratories. And that's uh, going to be uh, part, it's part of a larger uh, grant of about 20 millions. That's a, a cancer grant challenge that's funded by Cancer Research UK and the NCI. And it's going to uh, focus on understanding and targeting cancer-associated cachexia, which is a metabolic condition that affects uh, pancreatic cancer pa- patients at late stage, but actually a lot of other. Um, cancer patients of other cancer types that are diagnosed at a late stage. And it's a, a comorbidity, which means that uh, um, uh, patients can die of that disease and not necessarily of the cancer. And also, it's a problem because if you have cachexia, you cannot receive necessarily harsh treatment. So we may be able to design very good treatments for these patients, but they may not be able to receive them because of uh, cancer-associated cachexia. So, um, we really need to better understand the biology, and as a pancreatic cancer tumour microenvironment lab, there is a um, the potential that one of our um, cell types that we work on, which is called fibroblast, and in particular a type of fibroblast which is called inflammatory fibroblast, they may be involved in this process of uh, cachexia.
1: So, for patients, what does what does all of
2: this this mean as such? So. Cancer-associated cachexia means that you, uh, you lose a lot of weight, uh, a lot of uh, muscle mass, um, appetite as well. It's unclear who comes first. Um, but you are in a position to be uh, le- even less healthy than because you have your cancer. And there's evidence that the cancer cells may be involved in this, but also in the non-cancer cells may be involved in this. Uh, and there's a really uh, connection across the tumor, the muscle, and even the brain. And we need to understand how we can uh, target what the factors that are involved in this process so that a patient can um, be healthier and have no cachexia so that he can receive other treatments to cure the cancer as well. So obviously the
1: healthier you are, the easier it is to deal with. Because some of the, the treatments for, for, for all cancers
2: are not, They're not fun. They're not nice, are they? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's really harsh treatments, especially for pancreatic cancer, because we're still way behind other type of cancers with targeted therapies that would target particular type of uh, sensitivity uh, of that tumour. So we really rely on uh, chemotherapies, uh, which are um, not very effective unless a patient can undergo surgery. But also for pancreatic cancer patients, obviously, that kind of surgery is really um, a, a commitment in terms of, you know, life changes, obviously. Why did you get involved in this area of research? So I've always been interested in uh, cancer research before doing my PhD. and. Uh, um, uh, at the end, towards the end of my PhD, which was on a very different subject, I really wanted to focus on a cancer type that needed more research and that was uh, an unmet need. And uh, what stri- struck me of uh, pancreatic cancer is that in decades there, has, there hasn't been much improvement in survival. And it's quite sad. <laughs> uh, and so I, I wanted to uh, train people that would work in this. And I wanted to work on this myself.
1: And how do you think things are changing at the moment?
2: I think that there's, um, at least talking about myself, (laughs) a general frustration that uh, things are moving um, still relatively slowly in this. Um, But I think there is also here in, uh, uh, in the UK, I would say in the pancreatic cancer community here, Uh, an eagerness uh, of really collaborating uh, and making a change. Uh, And uh, the difficulty, obviously, in in, uh, bringing new therapies for patients is that it's not just about the research, it's also about how you communicate with the clinicians and how you talk with the patients and what are their priorities. And I think that's what's very special about the, the Cancer Center here in Cambridge and our program is that we have the ability to communicate across all of these different areas and also to engage industry. Because again, to if you want to bring something into the clinic to the patients, you need to make this as an exciting product for industry to follow up on. And how do you do that? So um, my particular area is a quite um, uh, interesting topic at the moment because uh, uh, during my postdoc we made... Uh, Uh, Very interesting, exciting discoveries. I will not go too much in the scientific details, but basically, um, we are working on this particular cell type uh, called fibroblasts that is in, I would say, every organ of your body. Um, But in the pancreas uh, is uh, the uh, most abundant cell type in the pancreatic tumor. For a long time, it was thought that it was just one cell type, and now it turns out that there are different flavors of this fibroblast, uh, that they have different roles uh, in the progression of the tumor. And so industries are excited about this because they see it as a promising uh, target to develop therapy.
1: and what's going to be happening next? Obviously, you've got the, the, the research grant, you're working on that. But obviously, looking ahead, what,
2: what, are, you, what are you excited about in the, in, the, in the near future? So the grant that we received on uh, cancer-associated cachexia covers just uh, um, one area that we are interested in in our lab. And actually, um, so my lab, as I mentioned, is interested in the crosstalk between the cancer cells and the non-cancerous cells. And so we look at this uh, from various angles. And so um, one of my students, for example, is looking at how the genetics, uh, which means the mutations in the cancer cells, are uh, driving differences in the non-cancerous cells. And the idea is that uh, perhaps instead of looking at pancreatic cancer as one disease, we can look at pancreatic cancer as different diseases. And we can group patients in smaller groups. And so develop therapies that would target it to smaller group of patients, and that would prove to be more successful than just trying to target the disease as a disease as one single disease. So we are very excited about that area. Uh, we are also uh, looking at metastasis, looking at pancreatic cancer as a metastatic disease rather than a primary tumor disease. And um, we're also very excited about looking at risk factors for pancreatic cancer. So aging is the major risk factor for pancreatic cancer. And it's a component that we haven't so far incorporated in our models. And so we think that we might miss out some uh, important aspects of the disease without incorporating uh, aging in our models. And we see that, in fact, that might be the case. And we are also interested in other risk factors, such as chronic pancreatitis. So people with chronic pancreatitis are in higher risk groups for pancreatic cancer. And the interesting aspect of chronic pancreatitis is that they already have a lot of these non-cancerous cells. And we don't know how these uh, non-cancerous cells, these fibroblasts, uh, are different from the ones that we find in the tumor. So ideally, we want to find differences. And potentially develop diagnostic tools for early detection of pancreatic cancer, which is a very important area, because one of the main problems of why so little is that we detect it too late.
1: So, whilst it's frustrating, things aren't changing at the speed we all want things to change. It does sound like there's lots of stuff that is is being looked at, being
2: researched, and you know, there are, people are people are trying, aren't they? People are trying. Um, I would say I think people should try harder. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I think that is is normal considering the the complicated academic system we are in that um, people might not be as brave as they should be with this type of disease. So. Um, I am very lucky to be in this institute that provides core funding and I was very lucky to secure further funding that allow us to be a bit bolder in our choices and try very different and very new things compared to the status quo of what has been done before. Um, And I think that it's needed, I think that continuing using the same same models and and just make step-by-step progression is not gonna be enough because we i think patients have waited long enough so um so we want to maybe try a bit riskier projects but i think um high risk high reward system works for us that's it isn't
1: it i've spoken to many researchers who say it's hard to get the funding if you 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 almost need to be able to guarantee results and you can't guarantee results in science can you (laughs)
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's what I was saying. is not, it's not uh, uh, fault of scientists in academia. I think the system needs also radical change. And it's true that uh, for many uh, funders, you basically need to have done the project that you're proposing to do. Um, but I would argue that here in the UK, we have charities uh, um, that see the potential of researchers and... Uh, and commit to supporting them without actually having a, um, necessary, uh, strong, uh, preliminary data. Um, and I think it's because those charities um, share the same frustration that we do. And so, so I think the UK has a good system and uh, there's a good potential to create a stronger community and make progress more quickly. I'm a bit of an idealist. Um, and I'm very lucky to work with, uh, you know, very uh, very committed and uh, very committed students and postdocs. Um, I think um, what I wish for the for the pancreatic cancer community is to share more, uh, collaborate more, um, because we are all, you know, focusing on our particular cell type or particular aspect of the disease. But we need to start to look at the the disease as a whole, as a tumor as a whole, and individual as a whole. And I think we can just do that if we join forces and you know, share more about our science, about what we do, share our models. And I think pancreatic cancer community here in the UK has the potential to do that because we are maybe a smaller community than in the States. Um, but I think that by joining forces, we could really make a difference.
1: Thank you so much to Julia for spending time with me and talking with me. really do appreciate that. Don't forget, we are here throughout the month of November for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. You've got an episode coming to you every single weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, throughout November. And of course, if you want to find out a bit more about what we're up to, you can go to purplerainbow.co.uk.